0: Praise the Lord. We're here uh, in message number four on the morning session line. Uh, This should be page number 27 if you want to turn to it. Enjoying our divine inheritance. So in the blessings of the Jubilee, we were brought to one last night, and here we're beginning to touch another one. And this is actually the primary blessing in the Jubilee. This is the matter of our divine inheritance. Uh, We appreciate the freedom, but that is not the focus. In God's economy, the focus is never the freedom from things. It's the bringing back to Christ as our portion. So here, hopefully, we get to see two things. One, we get to see how precious our portion is. And second, we want to see how to inherit this land. We're really just continuing from this morning with the matter of spending time with the Lord, learning how to contact Him. I hope we don't trip up here. Um, uh, Learning how to enjoy this portion that's been allotted to us. Uh, I want to start with a a little story. I've been going, well, for a few years I was going to this farm in western Virginia and nestled into the Shenandoah Mountains. There was a woman who uh, inherited this farm from her father, and he had cultivated apple trees. So he had spliced 400 different variety of apples. And so we went on to this farm, And we got to go tree to tree and pick apples. I don't know if anybody's ever tasted 400 variety of apples. But we got to uh, taste them right off of the tree. You know what I mean? They're much different than the store. And so there's so many diverse flavors. It was really enjoyable. Uh, Brought my kids there. We would enjoy the time. That was this woman's inheritance. Her her father had done all of this. He had passed it down to her. And it was funny. There was two sides to the orchard. There was a side that was maintained, and there was a side that was just left fallow and was just overrun. And there was a big difference, actually, between the areas that were cared for, even in the the fruit that was being born, Uh, the area that was cared for or cultivated and the area that was just left alone. And uh, we went a few years And the first year, everything was quite fresh. It was wonderful. The next year, we came back, and there had been uh, some bears. Actually, apparently, bears are a big problem for apple orchards. And um, there were some insects that had come in and begun to destroy the apples. So we we quickly began to see that um, the land needs to be cared for. If you see where I'm going, <laughs> I, think, I think we all appreciate we've been brought back to Christ as our good land. Amen. You've been brought back to your inheritance. Amen. Somebody else planted something for you. Something else, somebody else established an orchard, cultivated it, and it's been given to you. You didn't work for that. Somebody else... Has done all the work, and now you inherit it. And so I, I, um, I brought out, or I asked our brother Tom, who shared a couple nights ago for his his diagram on the Jubilee. Uh, can we get it displayed here, or do I need to do something on my side? Okay, you guys remember this? Okay, so uh, this is this is. Okay, I don't think anybody was experiencing the Jubilee in 1971. So you just go ahead and put your own date up there, okay? But at some point, you experienced the the Jubilee. For some of you, for the first time, that might be 2019. Okay, write your own calendar here. And you had uh, an experience of the enjoyment of the good land. And the first time you got on that orchard, it's full of apples. You know, the first time that the children of Israel entered into the good land, it was, it, was, it was full of fruit already. Some Philistines had been growing something, and they just got to enjoy what had been grown. Uh, and they entered into that. But then year after year, the orchard was now in their hands, and the land is now in your hands. You've been brought into an experience of Christ. But you need to see what do you do with it? Do you, yes, there's apples right now. You're enjoying them. How's your apple orchard going to look in a year? How's it going to look in two years? So, uh, you know, sin, we saw yesterday, is a master. Right? Does anybody remember the verse from John, chapter 8, verse 34? Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. So sin is like a bank. It, it has debt collectors. And he, he's gonna, sin always will come at your door and knock. He wants you to come out and uh, have some fun, right? So sin is always going to be coming to you. Actually, many things come to you, and they draw, they're going to draw on you. And the question is, do you have a grace to, uh, to go over that, you know? Actually, in marriage, it's a great test to your, your level of grace. When your wife says something, it's really a matter of if I've been enjoying the Lord in the morning Whether or not I'm going to react, right? Uh, If I have enough grace, it's like water off a duck's back. If I don't, it's uh, the arms race, you know? Russia and US at it again, you know? Uh, Okay, everything is a draw on your grace. And you know what? We need to cultivate grace, we need to be growing grace in our experience. Otherwise, what happens is you may be free in uh, here, right? Let's see if this works. You're, you've got freedom here. And, and maybe, maybe you're even like Joseph in Egypt, right? For seven years, you have plenty, and you're just storing up, and you're enjoying your portion Year one, year two, you're just reigning in life. You're three, you're four, you're five, you're six. But you know what? Maybe you start to get a little lazy. Actually, that's a big part of the jubilee, is you've now been brought back to an inheritance that you now need to labor on. You need to learn how to cultivate this Christ that you've received. And this is how you'll experience long-term freedom. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not a, in a sense, it's not a work, but it is a cooperation. It is, it's a learning how to cooperate with the Lord as he is growing inside of you. Learning to handle the light that he brings you. Learning how to respond to him. Learning how to dig away all the things that rise up inside of you. And, and those things that will rise up inside of you will, will simply grow and uh, and diversify as you get older. Uh, I I I'll give you one example. I really appreciate this. You know, I think you guys can taste. There's no rivalry amongst any of the brothers that are sharing. Do you guys get that sense? Okay, rivalry is very natural, very normal. You know what I mean? You have people that your own age. You're competing with them. Do you know what? There's no rivalry. With the other brothers that are sharing. Do you, do you, do you taste any of that? No. You know why? Because we're digging away. We're always digging away. So right now you may just have to dig away things in your conscience, you know, various sins. We just we're all digging. And we're just we're just keep on digging. Dig away all the layers of self, all the self seeking, all of the uh, pernicious things that just keep on cluttering our hearts. That's why we can very much uh, testify. This is something we're all laboring in. I, I, think, I think you taste it, right? Can you taste my spirit? Am I content? Am I settled? Am I trying to teach you something? I don't think you get that sa- savor, right? We're, we're, we're entering in together. We're seeking to know this Christ. To experience the Spirit and to rid ourselves of anything that frustrates us. This is this is really our laboring on Christ as our land to allow Him to grow inside of us. So uh, th- this is my burden: is that we see the preciousness of who He is, but that that would prompt us to continue to dig and continue to grow in the Lord, okay? It's a long journey. And some of us have been at it a long time. Others of us, just a few years. One way or another, we're all, we're in this together. And we're pursuing, right? We're laboring on Christ as our good land. So uh, let's read a little bit from the outline. Uh, Sometimes my spirit deflates when I read too much, so... Forgive me if I don't read that much, but uh, Roman number one, in the Jubilee, we enjoy God as our divine inheritance. Let's read that together. In the Jubilee, we enjoy God as our divine inheritance. Okay, Saints, our inheritance is the triune God with all He has, all He has done, and all He will do for us. We need to see that material prosperity. And anything other than God is vanity. We should take only God himself as our portion and not anything other than God. God's intention with his seekers is that they may find everything in him and not be distracted from the absolute enjoyment of himself. So I, I love Psalms uh, chapter 73. And if, if you get into this, you know the Psalms are a complicated mix of sentiments and feelings and expressions of godly men who are seeking after God. Uh, and in Psalm chapter 73, there's this, this, this journey. Uh, if you look in verse 14, the, the psalmist says, I have purified my heart in vain. Okay, this is only if you're seeking the Lord. If you're seeking the Lord, you will endeavor to purify your heart. You know, blessed are the pure in heart. for They get to see God. Now, when you you are in this journey of seeking the Lord, you know what will happen? Sometimes it will feel like, Lord, I've sought you, and yet I seem to only suffer things, and you even disappear on me. What's wrong, Lord? The psalmist had that experience, right? I purified my heart in vain. I went to the conference, and... uh, Anyways, I got sick, and I seemed to miss the whole thing. I forsoaked the things in the world, but even I've, I've missed something of you. Okay. You continue a couple verses. Verse 17, uh, and the, the psalmist is confounded there by his, his uh, considerations until he says, until I entered into the sanctuary of God. Brothers and sisters, we eventually, we have to enter into the sanctuary of God. The sanctuary is two things. One, it's our mingled spirit. Amen. And two, it's the church. When we're still considering so many other things, actually, we don't even know that we're considering so many other things because our heart is deceitful above all things. And who can know it, right? But in that purification process, we are, we are being brought to a place where we can see, And it's in the sanctuary of God. It's under the Lord's shining, and it's in the church. Oftentimes those two converge, right? That we get to see what what is the end of of everyone seeking. And in verse 25 and 26, we're brought to a place where the psalmist could say, uh, Whom have I in heaven and earth but thee? My heart and my flesh faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So eventually we get to realize God is my portion. You know, the loss of all other things, we just count them as refuse, that we may gain Christ. You know, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul could have this kind of attitude. What things were gains to me, these I counted as loss on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord on account of whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Count them as refuse, that I may gain Christ. Eventually, he could say even further, but moreover, I count all things. Previously, he says, I count the things that were gains to me as loss. Eventually, you'll be able to say, not only do I count what I had as loss, but I count everything I could have as loss. You know, some of us, we went to good schools. We had promising opportunities. You know what? It's all loss. I had, I had somebody call me. The, anyways, I haven't been serving that long, but uh, 12, 13 years. But you know what? Uh, I had somebody call me the other day. I wasn't looking for a job. You know, I've never, I haven't looked back. And, and, and somebody calls me and says, we'd like to give you a job. I was like, how did you even get my number? You know what I said? I I actually preached the gospel to him. I said, "I don't need a job. I already got a job. I'm laboring on Christ my land. I'm in my apple orchard, right?" So, everything, everything that will extend before you. And some of you may need to learn this through tasting other things. You know what I mean? Uh, Rivers never flow straight; they always wander. So. Don't be worried if you have to find some other ways. But eventually, you'll realize that everything other than Christ is a loss. It never will satisfy. It never will placate that deep hunger that's inside of you. He is our portion. Christ is our portion. Anyways, I can testify. Christ is my portion. And actually, when your whole life gets oriented in this way, you choose your wife like you enjoyed the fellowship yesterday. When you choose a wife, choose her for God's economy. You know, I, I, I had fellowship. Actually, I, I stayed with uh, uh, Brother Brian before I got married back in 2004. And, uh, you know, uh, he had some good fellowship. I still remember the fellowship about marriage. You know, you're heading up a mountain, right? We're just heading up the mountain. And, you know, the best spouse for you is the one that the Lord brings or that you find is heading up the mountain with you. So uh, when I was to, I realized I needed to get married, I went to the brothers and I just said, you know what? Actually, I know, know, I went to one brother and I said, I need to have one that matches me, matches me and my service, one who can run with me, because I intend to serve for a little while here. So you know what? The Lord gave me the perfect one. And so you know what? I have four children now. Uh, I have, I just bought a house, you know what I mean? I never wanted a house. I'll follow the Lord wherever he's going. And I just live in a tent. If it fits in a tent, great. If it doesn't fit in a tent, I just don't need it, okay? But uh, now I have four kids. So the tents got like enlarged, you know? It's like one of those large tents. I go camping with my son at Cub Scouts, and they have these, I have these little two-person tents. These other families have like these, they're castles. You know, and uh, anyways, so my tent's a little larger. But you know what? Everything that we own, including our house, is for the church life. Where did I choose to live? It's central to the saints. What kind of house did I pick? I can fit 70 people in my living room. I did fit 70 people in my living room. Okay? I'm not joking. Uh, Everything is, 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 is oriented in this way. Because you know what? Christ is my portion, and so he's the portion of my family, and actually, it's the most blessed way to live. I just have a blessed human life, because Christ is my portion, and he fills me and my wife as we're together. As we speak to our children, we drive on our way. You know, there's these verses in Deuteronomy. Okay, now I'm on a rabbit trail, but when we, uh, we journey on our way. These verses, it talks about, you know what you should do with the Word of God? You should speak your, the Word to your children when you journey on the way. So, you know, when we're driving our car, that the minivan, yes, it's a minivan, you know? You know what do we do? We speak the Bible to our children. God is our portion. We just enjoy Him in every way. Our whole life is oriented like this. We're not heroes. You know what I mean? We are enjoying God as our portion. Amen. Okay, I, I just don't care about an outline. But I, I care that you would get a taste of genuinely what I have tasted. And has directed my whole adult life, okay? The trying God who is our inheritance is embodied in the all-inclusive Christ who is the portion allotted to us. I'll sing you guys a verse giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you for a share of the allotted portion of the saints in the light who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, okay, that's one of the verses there. So I I hope you guys learn how to sing, read the Word, learn how to enjoy the Word of God. Okay, our pursuit should be toward one goal, Christ. Since our goal is to gain Christ, we should forsake all other things and pursue nothing but Christ. We each must have us very personal seeking after Christ. No one can represent us in this matter. We need to cultivate a personal, affectionate, private, and spiritual relationship with the Lord. That's that's what our whole time in the morning has been like, right? Uh, Okay, now we come to second Roman numeral. And I have have some burden here. And I, I pray that the Lord would grant everyone a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So let's pray that together. Lord, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. One more time. Lord, grant me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We all have veils on our heart, and we need the veils, by the Lord's mercy, to be taken away. And I think that there's something special here, and I hope that all of us could see it. And I, I just labor that we would, uh, we would be unveiled, right? We can enjoy God as our inheritance through the Spirit and through the Word, And this verse from Acts 20, verse 32, is very fresh to me, where it says Paul is is about to depart from the elders from Ephesus when he met them in Miletus. And he, he says, I commit you to God. But then he says, I commit you not only to God, but I commit you to the word of his grace. This word of his grace is able. The word of his grace is able, Amen. is able to build you up and is able to give you the inheritance amongst all those who have been sanctified by me. So I want I, I hope let's do this. Uh, I, okay, you probably can't recite that. Okay. I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And to give you an inheritance amongst all those who have been sanctified by faith. I want to to bring this out here. The inheritance that we need to be brought into is supplied to us through the operation of the word of His grace. It is the word that is able to bring you in. God always moves by His speaking. God's God's word always precedes his hand. He he works by speaking, right? In Genesis chapter 1, how did God create? By speaking, okay? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is allegorizing or opening the allegory. And he says, you know, uh, the God who set out of darkness, lights out shine, is the one who has shined in our hearts. So God works in your heart through speaking. So we need to really develop an appreciation of the word. This is not just so that we have biblical knowledge, that we can proclaim things outwardly. This is because the word is the way with which God brings us into our inheritance. Do you see that a little bit? Okay, maybe let's read a little bit. Uh, The Holy Spirit who has been given to us is the foretaste, the pledge, and the guarantee of this divine inheritance. We can enjoy the Spirit by exercising our heart and our spirit. Okay, Uh, you know that we have a a problem with our heart. There was a sister in my locality who had, had a congenital heart problem, and she needed a heart transplant. Interesting, she was only 38 years old. And she got a a heart transplant. And I I was just amazed. I mean, uh, brother, can you stand up? Okay. I mean, can you imagine this? Uh, Okay, a heart transplant. Uh, If you get shot with a, a bullet in your heart, game over, right? Okay, well, imagine taking the heart out, even for a second. You know what I mean? Brother Rick, I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, even for a doctor. You take a heart, you take it out, you know, and then, boink. Okay. They took a heart out, and then they put a new one in. I mean, I'm just oh, okay. Biologically, that's incredible, but but do you know what? That happened to you too. If you got regenerated by the divine life, you got a heart transplant. You got a new heart. You had a congenital heart problem, right? Your heart was unable was, was to help you live out the law of God. You, you wanted to live out what God commanded, but you couldn't, right? What you do, you don't want to do. What you don't want to do, you do, right? Okay, God realized the problem is very systemic. It's your heart. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a new heart within you. God gave you a new heart. Part of your divine inheritance is a new heart. Praise the Lord. So you know this sister that got a new heart, do you think that she cares a little bit about her heart? You know? Do you think she maybe exercises a little bit? Maybe she doesn't go to Golden Corral for every meal. Right? Okay. She cares for her heart. That was her divine inheritance, right? Your heart is like your farm. You need to care for your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the issues of life. First thing, before we even touch the word of God, you need to make sure your heart is right. Otherwise, the word of God is going to be very dry and bland to you. But if your heart is properly cared for, there will be fruits generating from your heart, okay? So we need to learn how to care for our heart. Uh, Our heart has four parts. Can anybody say strongly, boldly, the four parts of our heart? Amen. So to care for our heart is to care for these four things. The first of which is our conscience. We need our conscience to be void of offense. So we need to learn how to apply the Lord's precious blood to have a clean conscience. Related to our mind, we want our mind to be pure. Brother, do you you have any sense that your mind's not pure? Right? I think we all have a sense. If any brothers would be comfortable, if uh, we just take this and, uh, you know, can you step here, please? I'm just going to just going to wire this here, bend down a little bit, and, uh, and then we'll just, we'll just see everything that's going on in your mind up on the board. Are you okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Praise the Lord, brother. Okay, you can sit down. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think many of us would be very comfortable with everything that's going on in our mind projected up, 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 up in front of all the saints, right? Uh, our mind needs to be purified. So when you're dealing with the Lord and you're confessing, Lord, Anything in my mind, I like to just bring it before you. You Clear my mind. I like my mind to be so pure, so holy. Sanctified my mind through the operation of your holy word, right? Then we can deal with our emotions. We talked about this earlier, right? Uh, Sanctify your emotions, sanctify your will. Anybody realize you're stubborn? Okay. Anyways, I got four kids. They are stubborn. Uh, but you know, the apples don't far from, fall from the, far from the tree, right? <laughs> so we need to sanctify our our will. anyways, caring for our heart. Brothers, can you remind me I'm like lost in eternity here. When, when are we going to? Fifty, ten, eight minutes. Okay, praise the Lord. So we need to care for our heart and our spirit. next. We can exercise our heart by turning our heart to the Lord. Whenever the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. If you can't turn your own heart, you can at least pray this. Lord, turn my heart. If you can't pray that, say, Lord, I'd like you to make me willing to allow you to turn my heart to you. Open to him, okay? Uh, Believe in him. And loving him, as we love the Lord, saints, nothing is as effective and is as um, powerful in releasing the operation of the divine spirit as loving the Lord. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has come up in man's heart what God has prepared beforehand for those who love Him. So the Lord could say in in Mark chapter twelve, verse thirty, "You shall love the Lord." Can anybody speak this with me? You shall love the Lord with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole mind, and with your whole strength. Okay, I got the four kind of muddled. Okay, (laughs) praise the Lord. Um, Three, we exercise our spirit by calling on the Lord's name, rejoicing always, praying unceasingly, giving thanks in everything, fanning our spirit into flame, and not quenching the spirit. So here... We, we, we just need exercise, and, and this is uh, something that uh, will bleed into everything. The exercise of godliness is profitable for all things. Learn how to exercise your spirit. Learn how to uh, do that for yourself. You know, I exercise in certain ways physically. Uh, it's different than what I used to do previously. Some of you may like baseball. Some of you may like swimming. But... I know, Brother Rick, you like to run, right? I I like to run, too. But we need to find your own way to exercise. You need to exercise your spirit unto godliness. Calling on the Lord is one way, but that may not be the best way for you right now. I like Brother Tom mentioned a couple nights ago, you need to invent your own way. Uh, I hope that you all have that kind of earnestness to invent your own way uh, not to be unique or kind of creative like that, but find a taste for the exercise of your spirit and develop it. Yeah. Learn how to sing, learn how to call, learn how to rejoice, learn how to thank the Lord in all things. Amen. We need the exercise of the spirit. Nothing is real if we don't exercise our spirit. Okay? Next we say, we enjoy God as our inheritance through the word of his grace. This was that verse in Acts chapter 20. And saints, the Word is full of grace. Hallelujah! We, hallelujah. You know, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen. But praise the Lord, that Word needs to become flesh. In Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh. But you know what? In your time with the Lord the Word needs to become flesh again. Amen. That Word needs to be incarnated. Amen. It needs to come into you again. And it will become the rejoicing, and the gladness and rejoicing of your heart. It will become grace inside of you. So the Word needs to be brought to a place where it is a taste to you. you know, So in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, Peter would say, as newborn babes, long for the guileless milk of the word, in order that by it you may grow unto salvation. Amen. So, I don't, has anybody read verse 1? Uh, well, I think probably some have read verse 1. Okay, but in verse 1 it says, uh, "Put Lay aside all malice and envy and strife and guile anybody know what guile is? can anybody give me a definition of guile it's it's difficult actually maybe brother Rick can you give me a definition of guile Deceitfulness, deceitfulness. that's very good so it's it's a uh, it's a deceitfulness It's sometimes having one face like you may talk to a brother in a certain way but then you know what you really feel about the brother inside there's there's a certain Duplicity. Okay. Uh, you know what? The guileless milk of the word responds to the guile that's inside of you. It's guileless milk because the milk helps you deal with the guile that's inside of you. So I, I had this one uh, experience one time. I remember I was serving with a brother, and this brother just grated on me. Okay. Uh, he just had such strong opinions you know what I mean? I just ugh, every time, and uh, and so one time, one night, I was just reading my Bible, and I just opened it up, and there was the na- the word with my name written all over it. You know what I mean? Uh, anyways, I, I I don't think I should give the verse, but <laughs> it, it 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 was it was like a target bomb. You know what I mean? Those bombs that have uh, laser guided. They go, ooh boom. It, they, uh, they, it came right from me, okay? In a sense, I had guile in me, but the word of God came as a guileless solution to my guile, okay? And you know what that enabled me to do? It enabled me to go to that brother and to coordinate with that brother. Remember, the word of grace is able. It's able. It's able to build you up not just individually. It's able to build you up with others. If you feel like you're lonely, if you feel like you can't relate to other saints, if you feel like there's problems or friction, you know what? The Word of God, as the Word of grace, is able to build you up. And do you know what? Your inheritance is with the saints in the light. If you're alone, you're not able to enjoy that inheritance. Because it's in the saints, in the light. So we really need the word of God to usher us through these layers of self which frustrate our building up with one another into, and to bring us into a corporate experience of God as our inheritance. You, you can't do this by yourself, right? Uh, you need the word of grace, which is able. Hallelujah. God is able and the Word is able. Okay? We can enjoy God as an inheritance through the Word by exercising our spirit to pray-read the Word. Ephesians 6, 17, and 18 says, receive the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God by means of all prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Okay? By means of all prayer and petition. So the Word of God should Season all of our prayer. Actually, the best way to pray read is just to pray with the Word of God. And sometimes we need to take that that phrase, pray reading, just off the table temporarily. It's a good phrase, but sometimes we have concepts of what that looks like. In our personal time with the Lord, uh, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, repeat a word, amen. You know, in the word, in the beginning, amen. Was the word, Amen in your personal time with the Lord, just enjoy it by whatever means, by all prayer. You know, you may only need to read four words. Yesterday, it was just four words in a verse, and I, I didn't get to finish the verse, you know, let alone the, I normally read so many chapters in the morning. I didn't get to do that. I just got four words, okay? But that is, that is the word becoming grace to us Amen. by means of all prayer. We can enjoy God as our inheritance through the word by musing on the word. So musing was a a favorite pastime of the psalmist, okay? It means to take the word in by means of all uh, prayer and consideration, ruminating, like a cow chews a cud. Anybody? Okay. Some people get grossed out with this kind of illustration. But, you know, a cow has different stomachs, and it takes in grass, and then it brings it back up into its mouth to chew it again, sends it back down, then brings it back up, chews it again, sends it back down. Okay, so with the Word of God, we need to learn how to muse with careful consideration. You know, Psalm or Acts 20, 32 was rich to me because I mused on it for about a week. I just mused on it, and it brought out all kinds of rich supply to me, okay? So we need to learn how to muse on the Word of God. We can enjoy God as our inheritance through His Word by singing and psalming the Word. So let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Praise the Lord. The Word needs to be rich to us. As our brother Jose Luis brought out a couple days ago, first we need to exercise to memorize it. It, But that's not sufficient in itself. And actually, when I first came into the church life, I didn't didn't think about memorizing it at all. You know what I used to do? I used to have morning revival with four brothers. Actually, four separate brothers, four separate times, over the phone. Ironically, all of their names were John, okay? <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But uh, I, would, I would, this was my habit. I was 21 years old, just to give a little bit of my testimony. Uh, I was 21 years old, uh, just graduated college. And you know what? I would just pray read the Word of God every morning. i get, I get on the phone pray-read with one brother for 10 minutes. Then I'd have to say, brother, got to go. Another, another brother's calling. Get on him with him for 10 minutes. And get on him with a call with another brother for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Actually, so it was 40 minutes of just pray-reading. And after a while, you know what? There was a lot of the Word that was inside of me. And I never tried to memorize. I'm not saying don't memorize. Actually, I am saying memorize. But the first way that we handle the Word of God should be in the way of digesting, of ingesting, and assimilating the Word of God, okay? Learn how to pray it. It will be rich to you. And then you'll find that the meetings will be enriched. Your ability to pray and fellowship with others will really be enriched. So uh, learn how to handle the Word of God. Um, Yeah, I think that's think that's good. I, I think it, that's where I should stop. So, praise the Lord. Amen. I hope we really develop in our appreciation of the Lord's Word, believing, have faith that the Word is able. It is able to build you up, and it is able to give you the inheritance amongst all those who have been sanctified. So, why don't we go ahead and uh, let's pray with our neighbor for a minute, and then we'll have testimonies.